Blog Talk Radio. the men, women, police, and fire services, the doctors and nurses in the hospital, 
and those, especially those people who clean up around there, uh, the hospitals with the COVID, and the people with the keep us stuck the, uh, in the supermarkets. We appreciate each and every day, everyone. Uh, our sponsor, we're sponsored again this evening uh, by BioSolar. And if you're if you're tired of paying uh, large increases on your utility bills, you may want to think about uh, solar. With solar panels up, it's great, but there are many many ways of getting hurt doing that. There's an easy way to do it, and that's by contacting BioSolar at area code uh, 727-314-6976. Yes, that is a Florida um, exchange. However, they are are licensed in every state in the union. BioSolar is the easiest uh, way to put up uh, solar panels and to save yourself. What you do is you pay them, not the utility bills, the utility company. You pay them, and they guarantee a great price rate for 25 years. It's also transferable if you move to a different home. They'll transfer the panel, transfer your account, or they'll leave it there. That's up to you. So give Patrick a call at 727-314-6976. Well, guys, it's been a, it was a good week. Uh, glad to see Z and, and uh, Ty along with us and Katie. Uh, we have a uh, young fighter coming on at uh, about uh, eight, uh, 7.45. Uh, uh, Michael Faulkner is a, he's a uh, UFC fighter uh, just coming up. So uh, we'll have a lot of fun with him. Uh, Ty, how did you, you do today? Oh, man, well, I'm sorry for my lateness. It was very busy as <laughs> usual. Uh, but all is well, man. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. Doing good. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm glad to be back on with you guys. Yeah. And I just want to let everybody know that uh, this week is a milestone. Um, we have a birthday boy on the air with us. I won't say KJ's name, but it happens to be Katie. <laughs> well, I knew it wasn't me and myself. Happy birthday, Katie. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Is, is today the day, or is it sometime around? It's April 13th. Oh, April 13th. All right. We, because we know, I figure, birthday time, girlfriend, wouldn't be around. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the fact's the way but it goes. We have Yeah, I, I want to uh, especially thank you because he's got, uh, he ordered his fight tonight and uh, had some friends coming over, but he's oh, going to yeah. stick in the so, Yeah. Hey, Kate. Be there. Hey, Kate. Hey. Yeah. You, you ordered the fight, my friend. Oh, what'd you say? Dude, I'm gonna fight you. Oh, what fights did I order? Did you order the yeah. UFC fight tonight? Yeah, yeah. I ordered the uh, the UFC two uh, seventy three. Remind me to send you a link to where you can get all like that stuff for free. Yeah, I was, I was I was going I was going to do that, but I'm I'm tired of bootlegging the fights, man. Oh, you're ready to watch this on a big screen and everything. I get it, bro. Yeah, <laughs> this is yeah. a big one. Yeah, it's like this is like the best card of the year. I'm like, okay, I don't think I can bootleg this one. I absolutely <laughs> agree. I do think it's the best card of the year as well. 
can you tell me about uh, what do you think the Shemaya and uh, Usman fight is going to be like? Uh, yeah, the um, uh, Hamzat Shemaev, uh, Gilbert Burns. I think everybody on the show should know by now that Hamzat Shemaev's I'm riding high on him. Um, yeah. I, I honestly, his 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 dominant his dominant finishes, his dominant um, wins over every single UFC fight he's had was he's every, he's only taken what like two strikes his entire UFC career, and he's landed like 200 strikes. That's 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 crazy. Yeah. Um, and, um, he's fighting, uh, Gilbert Burns, who is no easy opponent. Um, he's, uh, ranked number two in the welterweight division. And, um, uh, Hamzat is ranked number 10 after his, after he just beat, um, Li Jing Liang. And then after that, he had, uh, beat, uh, who Gerald Mershart, where he came out in like eight seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, um... And then the, the Li Jing Liang, he submitted him in like 45 seconds or something like that, some some sort of crazy some sort of crazy number. Um, but my prediction for that fight, I think he he um, I don't know if he's I don't, I don't know if he's going to be fully able to. I, I'm not going to knock his his submission skills, but I don't know if he's going to be able to to submit him in the first round. If he doesn't do it in the first round, most definitely the second round. I think this fight's definitely ending in the second round. Either by uh, mm-hmm. knockout or or uh, submission, because we have seen him. We have seen his knockout power. He's not just all wrestling. He's he's thrown one punch KOs in fights. You know, he's he's a freak of nature. Mm-hmm. We've seen that time and time again. And I'm ready for him to prove himself. I'm ready for him to to finally get that fight that's going to boost him into into the title. So there are mm-hmm. two questions yeah. about Hazmat Samaya. Two questions. Two main questions about him that speaks to what level of potential he has. And the two questions are, can he take a punch, which we don't know yet because of his dominance. He's only, as Caden pointed out, he's only been hit with two significant strikes in his four fights with the UFC. The other question is, can he fight five rounds hard, which we don't know because he's dominated every opponent. He's fighting the second-ranked welterweight, a very dangerous guy in Gilbert Burns. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to get the answer to either of those questions tonight. I don't think we're going to find out if he can take a punch, and I don't think we're going to find out if he can even go three hard rounds. Because, like Caden said, I predict an early stoppage. I do. I'm not one to buy into the hype, but I, I am one to look at a skill set and recognize who an opponent is. The fact of the matter is, is whether he is that guy or whether He's still a bad matchup for Gilbert Melendez, all things being equal. He has enormous height and reach advantage, and along with his grappling and his heavy hands, he's just a a very dangerous matchup for Gilbert. Gilbert has very heavy hands himself. He's a well-known champion jiu-jitsu practitioner. However, Gilbert's been known to be a little chinny, and he only has like a 50% takedown defense ratio. So this is a guy Hazmat could take that can take down, and this is a guy who Hazmat if he really starts to land on him, Gilbert's not known to take the best shot. So with that being said, stylistically this isn't the best matchup for Gilbert. So number one, kudos to Gilbert Burns for taking this matchup, fighting as the number two ranked welterweight, fighting the number ten ranked welterweight. A lot of guys, most guys, say, yo, he's got to earn the shot. So kudos to Gilbert for 
doing that. However, like uh, like Katie said, I predict a second round stoppage. I don't know if it's going to be a submission because of uh, Gilbert's prediction grappling skills, but it could very well be a knockout. Um, but that's what I see. I do buy into the hype. I think, honestly, the biggest opponent Hosma has at 170 outside of Usman is the scales because this is a dude who absolutely has the frame for 185. He's proved what he can do at 185, and I think he is a threat to all the guys at 185. I think right now it's just he's a freak of nature the fact that Z? Yeah, and I think. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead, Jaden. Uh, I was, I was going to say, um, I think a lot of people, um, same with like Islam Makachev, you know, a lot of people are, are afraid to fight him and stuff like that, and a lot of people are turning down uh, Hamzat Chmaev. And, and I think even Dana even said um, Gilbert Burns was not the first person they asked to fight him, you know? And I think a lot of dudes said no, and I, I don't. I, Really do not blame them. Well, at the moment, I think that he—he's. I mean, it's—it's it's gonna look good if you beat him, but it's too dangerous. I mean, that's—that's that's the way the more of the top guys are looking at it. Right now, he's not—it's not—he's not a mandatory really for anybody, so they don't really have to deal with him. The problem is that when you're talking about 170. It's been made a little top heavy right now, and that just by just by Usman himself. So, I mean, I, I have to agree with, with Ty and Caden. Um, but what I'm going to say is this: uh, John Jones, he may be a special case for now, but I, I don't see it in his future. If he's especially he's going to heavyweight, nobody stays undefeated in 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 the MMA. In, in UFC, really. Nobody stays undefeated. If you fight long enough, then you're going to lose. And, I mean, right now, Hazmat's young, and the sky is the limit. But you're also fighting guys that have two-fifths, and they also have games, too, and experience. And from now, from here on out, I mean, he's fighting the number two guy, but he's really he's, he's looking at he's going to be fighting Usman soon. And because it's going to be a bit mandatory. Is it going to be too soon? That's the question. But, as I say, the, that, that division is top-heavy. So he's going to be seeing Usman probably sooner than most guys, you know, would. Maybe, hey, maybe Zito, you know, let, he, let, let me say, let me say this. The perfect performance now. Hey, Zito, let me say this to you and Kenny, specifically because you were just kind of talking about the future, right? So, with Basically, with your opinion, you, myself, Caden, we all think Hazmat uh, gets by Gilbert Burns tonight. Well, what Dana White actually said is if he gets by Gilbert Burns, the fight I want to target for him next would be Kobe Covington. He said if Hazmat beats Gilbert Burns, Kobe Covington is next one. How do you guys see that fight? Because that's a different stylistic matchup, obviously. Well, I'm, I'm disappointed right now. I'm very disappointed. That's the first time I've heard about that. Yeah, I just I read it. Uh, he said it at the uh, press conference. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is very disappointing. Damn. First of all, don't be too disappointed because Kobe Covington probably will not take the fight. We know he hasn't really fought a right contender 
since the, he fought the carcass of Tyron Woodley, who was still ranked um, outside of Houston. So, and with the whole Jorge Masvidal court case, he may not want to even take a fight until that's resolved. So, the likelihood, honestly, of him taking that fight to me is is kind of low. Um, but nonetheless, that's what Dana White said. If that fight happens, how do you guys see that fight going? We know Kobe has cardio for days. We know he pushes a pressure that most people can't handle. We know he is resilient and can take a shot and is durable as hell. How do you see that fight go? Before before I can say how that fight's going to go, I would, I would definitely need to see this Gilbert Burns fight first um, because this this Gilbert Burns fight, I think a lot of people see this as Hamzat's defining moment. If he wins this fight, especially in this dominant fashion that he is doing, I say he puts up an amazing fight against Kobe, and I say he stops him in the second round. I say I say he beats Kobe in the second round. If he if he if he puts on a show and and um, dominates Gilbert Burns, which you know, is is a, is a is a tough feat, especially now. And you know, Gilbert Burns is right. really good. You know, number two. Um, uh, and I would definitely this this fight is definitely his defining moment. So we definitely need to see uh, how he's going to do in this fight before I think you can really judge that fight. I love the mm-hmm. fact that even though you buy into the hype, you're a rational analyst. It's like you know what? Let him get past this before I think about Kobe Covington, who's a different level contender. Great stuff, bro. I, I, I'm going to say before, and I agree with you, before I, but before I see him against Burns, to answer that question now, I would say it really depends on which Kobe Covington shows up. Because Kobe, he has a tendency to care too much. He has a tendency to kind of you know, engage only on his terms at times. Uh, he'll firefight every now and again, but you know, he, he, he won't do it in the wisest moment. Like Kobe, as good as he is, he, he loses discipline at times. And I think that, I don't want to say question his heart, but that total, like, Hazmat's going to go out there and get it. Kobe, he can against certain opponents, I don't know against a guy like Hazmat if he will. I don't at this moment. I don't see Hazmat just going out there and suffocating and finishing Kobe. I, I don't see that. I think Kobe's game is just a little too much uh, to, to to get dominated. Like and we that. don't know what Hazmat's like if he faces that first years in a firefight. One thing about Kobe, even though everything you said has uh, you know some 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 absolutely some currency to it, the fact of the matter is Kobe pushes an insane pace that most people can't keep up with. Him and Usman are known to have like some of the best cardio in the welterweight division. Does Hazmat have Hazmat have that level of cardio? We don't know that. The other thing we know about Kobe is as Kobe's hittable. But Kobe, like, he's resilient. He keeps coming. Even when he got his jaw broken, he was stopping complaining about the stoppage. Like, no matter what people think about Kobe, like, physically in the octagon, he's tough as hell. And even when he doesn't want the contact, he's still pushing the pace because if he doesn't want the contact, then he's grabbing on you and grappling you and slowing down the fight. So what Kobe would, would provide us, is Kobe would answer, Kobe definitely would answer the questions about cardio, definitely about cardio and heart. Because to beat Kobe, the one thing you got, the two things you got to have is cardio and heart. 
kind of happened. I I beg of you to like if you go on um if you go on YouTube, Hamzat has a YouTube channel where he posts all of his um like his workout videos and and like him in the gym and stuff like that, training for for this fight and training for other fights with Darren Till and stuff like that in Sweden. And I mean, I can I can say his cardio is probably not as good. I can't I can't obviously we can't say his cardio is um is as good as anybody's um because. You know, we've only seen him in one round in a fights matter. But if you if you gather from what I gather from his from his training videos, he has one of the the hardest worth worth ethics in the entire UFC. You know, I see him. You see him in there. You know, breaking his back you know, just to just to just to just to um, get ready for this fight, no matter what fight it is. And um, I know a lot of fighters do that, but Hamza just takes it to a, another level. You know, he's he's. He's like one of those fighters that just doesn't doesn't right. care about um about I wouldn't say his health but just, right. he doesn't care about like get, getting hurt in in there he just he wants to do it for glory you know you well, know what we can say it's true because everything I've read about Hazmat says that everything I've read right in regard first of all they say he's a beast in the gym right but everything I've read usually where you worry about a guy's training habits that means he's not disciplined he's not training. Everything I've read regarding Hazmat is they're worried about his training habits because they're worried he's going to burn himself out. However, you guys know this by being in the gyms yourselves, and you guys know this by following the fight game, MMA, and boxing yourself. Some guys are just gym warriors, but they always translate in the fights. One thing about Hazmat, and this is not a criticism, this is just an observation. One thing about Hosmite is he's extremely excited, very hyped, tightly wound. That doesn't lend itself. That type of intensity, typically, as Zito will tell you this, doesn't lend itself to the longer fights. Guys that are tightly wound, they're usually not as relaxed. And one thing we know about Kobe, he's a very relaxed fighter. So, it's one thing to, to to have tremendous cardio and a tremendous work ethic in the gym, but when you're in there under the bright lights and another guy is pounding on you and chipping away at you and wearing you down, and you're a tense, anxious fighter, Jermaine Taylor to me is the perfect example, the Jermaine Taylor, the boxer, of a guy who was tremendously in shape, tremendously in shape, but he will wear himself out because he just fought so tense. So... There are questions that need to be answered with Hazmat. I just don't think Gilbert's, you know, the guy to do it necessarily. Hey, Caden, what do you think about uh, uh, asking the lad? Yeah, so um, asking the lad, you, you guys probably already know who that is um, uh, by now. You should. Um, she's. I think her, her professional record is um, is nine and two, and she's tonight. She's fighting against. Uh, Raquel Pen- is that P- Pennington? Is that Pennington? Um, her last fight, um, her last fight was against uh, Norma Dumont, which she's uh, she's coming off a loss. That was it was a decision loss, so it wasn't wasn't she got knocked out or anything like that. Uh, but I know she's trying to rebound. Um, but I mean, she's she's TKO'd people. She's she's won by decision. She's yeah, she has. She definitely has that explosive power that the UFC loves and that the fans love and everything like that. Um, but uh, her, she know, her was a blue chip prospect. Nine, she might have a. 
she might have a little bit more um uh um oh my god uh experience uh yeah and uh, she's coming off of yeah yeah her her opponent's coming off of two wins she's coming off of one submission win and one decision win um from 2021 and um i honestly i'm i'm going to go i i think this is an upset i think Raquel Pennington can win I I think she's I think she can uh, submit Aston Ladd and say the second round. You know what? It's funny. Mm-hmm. I I uh, I agree with you. I I kind of think Rocky Pennington is going to pull the upset. I think it's going to be a decision though. Um, Aston Ladd, like Macy Barber and some of these other uh, female fighters that the UFC have brought in, they've come in twenty one, twenty two years of age, right? And kind of like Paige Van Zandt, kind of opened the door for these young female fighters to come in. But Paige Van Zandt, obviously, it seems like it's more of a marketing thing. But Aspen Ladd, Macy Barber, like these young ladies can fight. The problem with Aspen Ladd, though, is she's had problems making weight. Um, she fought my girl, the Iron Lady, Jermaine Deronomy, and uh, she got one punch knocked out, basically, in the, in the first round. You know, she was going for a takedown, Jermaine Carter, and, uh, and then pounded her out. That was it. Then what happened is her, for her next fight, she didn't make weight, and the fight was canceled. So then she fought at 145 against Lula Dumont, and she didn't have, again, she's fighting a bigger girl now, she didn't have the physicality advantage. So the first thing is that she made weight healthy. And if she's making weight, she's a force at that division because of her wrestling and because of her physicality. With that said, the reason why I kind of, and with Caden on this and, and potentially pick a rock, rock penitent upset is because of her guile and experience and the fact that Aspen Ladd, for all her talent, has been very inconsistent. If she puts it together, then she's going to go ahead and kind of ragdoll Pennington throughout the fight. But she hasn't shown the ability to put it together on a fight-by-fight basis or a round-by-round basis. Okay. Uh, so let's get, let's uh, switch over for, for a few minutes so I get a hold of uh, Mike on the phone uh, to tonight's fights. Uh, oh, I guess uh, Z, what's your thoughts on tonight's fights? There's a couple really good ones. Out. There's a bunch of um, them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, we talked about the UFC a little bit. Um, boxing. I know Lubin, uh, Erickson Lubin. Uh, he fights core co- oh, man. Ah, for me, I'm trying to get his name. Uh, the tall guy. The Which guy? Eric Lubin's um, fight is Sebastian Fundora, and, and on the Fundora. undercard of that is uh, uh, Her- Tony Harrison against uh, Sergio Garcia, who lost a debatable decision to Sebastian Fun- uh, Fundora. And the opener to that is our friend Tony, who's not on the phone. His buddy, good fella Brian Perella, is opening the card. Great. Yeah, yeah. Man, wonderful. And then on the other, on the flip side, you, you got uh, uh, these nuts, Lovkin uh, and Marika. Oh, well, Lovkin and Marika. Yes, that happened uh, from Japan. Uh, it happened last yeah. night in Japan, which was like eight o'clock this morning here. Uh, I watched the fight. I talked to a technical expert, Gio, about it. So I'll let Gio break it down. Uh, well, 
first thing, it was a very, very good, entertaining two-way fight, which I didn't think it would be. Um, uh, Murata put up a, a good fight. Uh, Golovkin stopped him in the eighth, in the eighth round. Uh, ninth, ninth, the, bro. It, it was ninth. It was a ninth. All yes. right. All right. He stopped him in the ninth. Um, Murata, he, he, he's tough. He's a tough guy, and he put up a very good fight. He put a lot of paws on the line. He put a lot of paws on the line. Um, what ended up happening, though, is Golovkin, he's, he's a seasoned veteran, and, it, you know, to be honest, he was better conditioned. I mean, and to be honest, I wasn't impressed with Golovkin's conditioning, but he was better conditioned than Murata, and he's more stunning. So when those times came, to, to kind of, you know, show the experience to step it up. When the fight really wound it down, Golovkin showed his, his championship-level experience. With that said, um, Golovkin, to, to me, after that fight, instead of calling out uh, um, Canelo or calling out anybody, he should have called out the, 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 the climber and just called it a career. Because I, I think, you know, as far as any top-level competition, done. I don't know if, if they rematch it and he fights Murata again. They rematch it and he fights Murata again. I mean, and Murata comes in a little better condition. I, I can't say Golovkin wins that fight again because mm-hmm. he's going to hit him more advanced than Murata. So I'm going to just, you know, I'm just going to say that Murata, it, you know, he put kudos to him because he came in there and. He didn't fold. He he, he went and he, he fought like he, he fought like you know his heart out. He fought the fight of his life to me, and he just lost to a better man right now. But Golovkin doesn't need. To, I don't. He doesn't need to see anybody at the time. No Charlo. He doesn't need to see any Canelo. He doesn't need to see any. I mean, as Ty said, he doesn't need to really see Jaime Mangia. He might not want to see Jaime Mangia. So, I mean, it's, it's some things that, you know, right now, the Lugan, he had a very good career to make. And anything right now, as far as fighting top level, I think it's going to diminish it. He'll get punished. Yeah, you know what? I think t- today's fight, right, and Golovkin absolutely is declined, right, and diminished because of age. But t- today's fight shows how phenomenal he was in his prime. Because the fact of the matter is, more than anything, he's come back down to the path. So all the guys Zito mentioned are guys that we would expect Golovkin to beat. At this point in time, no, he wouldn't beat these guys. Not all of them. You know what I mean? Uh, he could be 50-50 with you know, a couple names here and there, but he's not going to beat these guys at this point in time in his career. The fact that Mangia was more a case of, again, a physical freak, and the fact that he has guile, technique, and experience, that's really what won him to fight. But Murata is not the kind of fighter who – a guy who lost to Rob Brandt should never beat Golovkin. And the only difference between uh, that fight, if they both were in their primes, Golovkin stops him sooner and gets hit less. So Golovkin mm-hmm. has definitely declined. Uh, I think Zito made a very apt comparison – um, even though different styles of fighters, but Zito compared uh, Golovkin's performance to George Foreman when he came back to the heavyweight division, and the fact that he used a ramrod job, a ramrod jab, and a lot of his style and experience to to eventually set up his power punches. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we had Mike on the uh, on the line there, but there seemed to be some static, so he got off. Uh, I'll try and get him back on in a in a minute. Um, what about uh, uh, we've got uh, Joseph Parker and uh, Joe Joyce? Um, they're in, in heavy talk now. Do you think that's going to come through? Yeah. Ah, uh, do I think it's going to come through? You know, from what I hear, they're in pretty deep negotiations. And usually, when I hear that they're in deep negotiations, it usually does come through. Uh, you never know because boxing is that sport. Um, however, uh, these are two guys who have shown their willingness to, to kind of fight whoever steps to the table. Um, and they're at a certain level where no one's demand should be too outrageous. Uh, if it happens, I think it's a very tremendous fight. Josh, um, uh, and, uh, Joseph Parker, uh, again, for a heavyweight is very light of foot, quick, um, and he's very durable. Uh, the thing about um, Joe Joyce is, you know, he's kind of the juggernaut. He really is. He comes forward, he walks through your punches, and he wears you down with activity. So that's a very interesting fight. If it does come off, curious to, to hear what Zito thinks from a technical breakdown of how it might go. But very interesting fight if it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, 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 it's rare that I say this, but I like the fight for both guys. I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. you know, to, to put a decisive advantage on it, I would give it to Joseph Parker just off of he's fought in better competition so far. Uh, but I think Joe Joyce has more of an upside. Parker's peaked him in. Parker, I mean, he, mm-hmm. he's shown that he can adapt a bit because he came in with that in that uh, second Chisora fight, man, smoke on Chisora. But I think that was more of a survival. He knew that he couldn't come in and do what he did the first fight. To, to survive, he had to get Chisora off of him. So he had to use his the weight he had instead of being totally light foot. He, his feet were planted uh, uh, most of the time, to be honest with you. So hey, now, in, in some of the hey, rounds, Zito. he did kind of take his time. Zito, but real quick, Zito, what is ironic, funny, and sad is that you said you feel Joseph Park, you feel Joe Joyce has more of an upside than Joseph Parker. And Joseph Parker is 29, Joe Joyce is 36. And I think the boxing world would agree with you. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I know he's older than Parker, but, I mean, just, just off of the just off of learning curve, Parker is extremely physically talented. I mean, he's and he's not a stupid fighter. He's a smart, physically talented guy. I just think Joe Joyce, he, he he's learning – a little bit different, a little bit smoother, and he's in that size. He's running to, and he came to the game it. later. Came in the game later. Came in the game later, and he he just he relies. To be honest, he he relies less on his physicality to put his physicality on you. Like he's a smart guy. He uses a a, a hammer jab, and he's bring the he brings the fight downhill. The problem is Parker's a guy who who can steer Joe Joyce. I mean, he's a guy who who can get his shots off and be out of there. He he he'd be able to wrap Joe Joyce up for a minute or two. I mean, he he has a decisive speed advantage. Um, the problem with that is downhill. Parker, he's not going to be able to do what he did against his last fight. That he that he he can't do that this fight. He's not going to be able to plant his feet and stop or 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 really deter Joe Joyce as much as he thinks. Joe Joyce uh-uh. takes a 
heck of a shot. And he's taking mm-hmm. heck of a shot by bigger punches. So Parker's not going to mm-hmm. stop him from doing what he's doing. Um, Parker's mm-hmm. going to have to use his feet. He's, he can, but now if Joe mm-hmm. Joyce starts going to Parker's body, which he's very well going to try well, to do, then it's, it, I mean, it's that, that's where Parker has his problem. Parker has his problem when he can't, when he doesn't have control, Parker has problems. That's why it was a And Joe Joyce is busy. He's control. a busy fighter to be a big guy. He's busy. <laughs> and, and, and the problem is, guys make him to be busy. Dylan White made him to be busy while hitting his body. See, that takes the air out of Parker. Literally. Yeah. So Joe and, 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 and Joe Joyce, one thing, Joe Joyce throws a lot of punches and brings a lot of pressure. Methodical, but he throws a lot of punches for a big guy, man, and that's a very and heavy-handed fight, Vito. Yeah, heavy-handed. So, I mean, both guys have, I mean, absolute avenues. To I can see Parker staring at Joe Joyce all night and not getting touched that much. I can see Joe Joyce yep. bringing it down on Parker and getting a decision. <laughs> just, yep. just getting a decision on the downhill side. The... the uh... I guess the other the other one uh, that uh, kind of surprises me is that Yugis uh, was able to get out of uh, Yugoslavia and start training for Earl Spence. And from what I understand, is the fight still on for next week? Is, is that true? Ty? Yeah, no. Yugis uh, wasn't in Yugoslavia. I think you're thinking about Usyk being in Ukraine, getting out and training for Joshua. But Usyk, Yugis, uh, and yeah. But, you know what? It's the, the use. The user are confusing you. <laughs> we don't have a lot of American last names that begin with you, so you know it's, it's, it's understandable. Yeah. But Ugas and Spence are on for uh, for next week. So uh, next week we will have a unified welterweight champion. Spence is unified, but uh, one man will have three belts as opposed to two and one. And the only belt out there would be Terrence Crawford's after next week. So, yes, that is happening, sir. God, it's a great week. It's going to be a good fight. And we barely scratched the surface of USB. Sadly, this is, um, is going to be um, give me my max time. Uh, my, um, it was a great show. And uh, I'll, I'll, see y'all, I'll see y'all next time. Happy birthday again. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, uh, also next week we get Ryan Garcia coming back uh, with uh, Amelia's uh, Ty, T-A-G-U-E, Ty. Yeah, that's actually tonight, Ryan Garcia against Emmanuel to go. And the reason why you might have thought that was next week is that's the fight I'm mean, out of everything that's going on like this weekend. That's the fight that's kind of flying under the radar. And I think because the boxing mm-hmm. world looks at it as more of an event and kind of a tune-up. And, uh, and you know, with the UFC card with, you know, major fights on tonight. And then uh, the Lubison-Bandura boxing match tonight, so which is a highly uh, competitive fight um, in a highly competitive division. And then with 
you know, Triple G's return today, I think people are kind of forgetting about Ryan Garcia coming back primarily because it's not viewed as a competitive fight. Um, Ryan Garcia is going to win that fight by uh, decapitation um, within the first three or four rounds, honestly. Um, And uh, it's more for him to get his feet wet. He hasn't fought in like 19 months. You know, he had the wrist surgery. He had mental health issues. So now he's healthy back. So I think people are kind of forgetting about his fight because, you know, we got Bokanovsky against the Zomp tonight. We've got the return of Peter Yan and Allermain Sterling uh, tonight in the UFC. And then you got, you know, the return of Triple G. So people are kind of forgetting about that fight because it's not viewed as competitive as everything else is going on. Yeah. Well, Ryan Hello, is fighting. Uh, he doesn't have uh, – he's out of the uh, Camp Canelo. For Jersey? And okay. – he, right. Yeah, he's Ryan Garcia is out of Camp Canelo, and he's he's um, not out of Eddie Ronoso is not training him anymore, so he's getting going into a new territory as far as training goes. Mm-hmm. Well, what about uh, uh, Juliana Vasquez and uh, uh, Elizabeth uh, Caramucci, uh, supposedly uh, Bellator two seventy eight? Liz Carmouche has been around for a while, and I forget her nickname, but it's something gorilla. Um, but uh, but I'm you know I'm not as familiar with Vasquez. Um, I know she's a lot younger than Carmouche, and she's up and coming. But what Carmouche has been able to do is, you know, it's kind of like Vito was talking about with Triple G, um, and and just like we're talking about with Rocky Pennington against Aston Ladd. What these older fighters are really learning to do is really leverage their guile and experience to, to finagle the bagel and get wins over, you know, more physically talented athletes. Um, and so I would mm-hmm. not be surprised if Carmouche does that. She's on like a three-fight winning streak, and she's really looking like she's the best form of her career. And she's kind of one of the pioneers of female MMA who's really kind of rounded her game out to best suit her physicality and her stature. So I wouldn't be surprised if she were to go ahead and decision Vasquez. She looks she's looked really good uh, these last couple of fights. Mm-hmm. Ty, maybe you can – maybe it's the business end that uh, needs to be new. I mean, but all of a sudden uh, people are, bow- are bowing out of the, the – the three or four guys now about out of uh, the um, uh, Bellator Grand Prix. Uh, I, I know two of them were hurt, but yeah. is there any reason for that? Yeah. No, I think it's just a rash of injuries. Uh, you know, I think it's just a rash of injuries because – can you hear me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was just a rash of injuries because they had the featherweight Grand Prix – uh, which Aaron McKee, act, act, you know, actually won uh, last year, and that kind of went off without a hitch. So I think this one's just a rash of injuries. Speaking of Aaron McKee, also on that Bellator card next Friday, so we got that Friday, then Spence and Ugas Saturday. But uh, on that card is the, re- the rematch of Aaron McKee against Pitbull Friere. So um, again, the the featherweight Grand Prix that led to the first fight between Pitbull and McKee. Uh, kind of went off without a hitch. I think it's just the cycle of the sport, the nature of the sport. You're going to have injuries, and you know if they if they hit three or four guys in the same weight class, and you know, Bellator is already, you know, thin in their weight classes compared to UFC. Well, that kills their Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Um, I guess the uh, the final one I have to, uh, here would be uh, Oscar Valdez versus uh, Shakur mm. Steven. Mm. Mm. Zito. Zito. Um, I'm gonna tell you something. Valdez is a is a very very good good fighter. Good fighter. Um. The last form of Shakur Stevens, I think, Valdez doesn't beat him. And if that's going to be the consistent form of Shakur Stevens, I don't see anybody beat. I'm going to be totally honest. The last form against the competition that he fought, moving up, I, I don't like He looked strong. He looked, he looked great to me. He looked great to me. And as good as Valdez is, I just, I mean, out and out, I mean, I could go technical, you know, punch for punch, but I, I, I don't think he really touches Stevens and he gets hurt. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the so the narrative has changed a little bit on Valdez, right? Valdez was the future prospect who showed, you know, showed potential. I uh, was doing really well at 126, the same way Stevens was that. Um, and you know, then you know, as he stepped up the competition, he still did really well, but he struggled here and there. He just had uh, you know performances that seemed list and lethargic. Uh, then he moves up in weight and fights Miguel Burchell at 130. And at this time, Miguel Burchell's in his career best form looks like a monster, and he goes up in weight and absolutely as the underdog demolishes Burchell. Has the KO like knockout, one of the knockouts of the year, if you guys remember that knockout from last year. Caught Burchell yep. running in, knocks him flat on his face. Um, and so Shakura Stevens is going to go in as the favorite because stylistically he's a problem for anybody. Not even talking about his last fight where he just looked like a different beast. But stylistically, because of his range, his speed, his boxing acumen, he's just a round taker. He's just a hard, hard guy to win the rounds from. And what people forget, the reason why I say that Anderson was kind of changed on Valdez is when Valdez was coming up to fight Miguel Burchell, they were saying he was too small. Um, that really doesn't apply here because him and Stevenson both have come up from 126, although Stevenson clearly looks like the bigger guy um, because he's the younger guy. The other thing is what people forget, in that career best and in some senses career-defining performance against Miguel Burchell, what most people forget is Diane failed a drug test right before the fight. failed a PCs test right before the fight. But through some technicality, he was allowed to fight. So, you know, once you talk PBCs and combat sports, we all raise our red flags. So, I favored Shakur before. If stricter, more stringent drug testing is in place and more eyes are in place, I still favor him even wider now. Hey, uh, Z, you got anything? Oh, no, no. I agree with Ty. Um, okay. Just, I mean, I agree with Ty. As I say, right now, I think Shakur Stevens, if, if 
he like he he's going to keep this form, then I don't see anybody beating. Him. I mean, you, you, I mean anybody. You could, I mean, wait for wait. You could put Serafimo in there. I mean, I know that they're, they're wait, but you could put Lopez in there. You could put uh, put Haney in there. I mean, it's, it's put Garcia in there. I don't see anybody beating Shakur Stevens. Wait for wait. Right now, if he if that's going to be him, then then I mean, that's all I can really say. I've seen weaknesses in all of them, but I, mm-hmm. I, except for kind of except for Shakur. Now, I need to see how he mm-hmm. takes a nice, clean shot. But I saw him take a clean shot or two, and he responded really very, very back to it. So, he, he, you know what? He fought Nakatani, who just knocked out the same Burchett I was talking about. Nakatani hit him with a good shot. He stood up to it. He was on his bike mm-hmm. most of the night. Uh, yeah. The biggest issue, people, the biggest criticism Shakur Stevenson uh, has gotten throughout his career is that, and they say he's risk-averse and he doesn't have much power. Well, when he fought Jamal Harry, granted, Jamal Harry's not the biggest puncher. He's a little longer in the 2000s, so uh, it's prime to, it may be the backside of his prime. He did everything. Anything someone criticized him for, he answered those questions, except he just wasn't in against a bigger puncher. But the, the matter is, is those are the only criticisms. The guy goes out there, and he's very, very hard to win rounds against, period. And he's very hard to hit clearly. Okay. Now, if you start to play but, offense with it, I mean, like, uh, like a couple of offense like he, he did his last fight, that I mean, that, now that just makes him very much dangerous. Instead of just a hard what out. What he did with Jamel dangerous. Herring – what he did with Jabal Herring, and the reason why I specified Herring's not a puncher, what he did with Jabal Herring is what old school boxing trainers always teach you. used to be able to stand right in front of that man and beat Shakur mm-hmm. uses his legs, his timing, his range, his speed. With Jabal Herring, he stood right in front of him and beat him. And because he stood in front of him, he was able to sit down on his punches more, yep. and he punished him. Ended up punishing him. Mm-hmm. And if that's the guy that's going to show up, <laughs> I'm, I'm, it, I'm going to see that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, guys, God, God brings me to the end of our, uh, our uh, script here, but uh, we have next week is uh, is Easter and uh, Holy Saturday. We won't be on next week. Uh, but uh, uh, something we haven't done and we should be doing uh, more frequently. Uh, Ty, bring us up to date on uh, uh, the grandbaby and Miss Asia. She is doing quite well. I'm actually uh, looking to go visit tomorrow. Uh, take some time off from work to visit tomorrow. So thank you for asking, man. Her, Miss Asia, they're all doing well. Thank you, sir. Good. How about you, Z? How's everybody in the family? Everybody's doing well. Everybody's doing well. Good. Great. Everybody here seems to be doing very well. Um, we appreciate that everybody that listens each and every night that, that we're on. Uh, it, it really makes us uh, proud to uh, that we can bring this this program on. Uh, this is our 17th year. Uh, I'm sorry, sorry. We just started our 18th year. Uh, and uh, it's guys like uh, the men that are on here tonight that make this show possible. So I want to thank both of you. Uh, 
Thank you. How you want to leave this out? Well, you know what? Before I do that, Butch, I want to actually ask you for a favor. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something I've been debating about asking, but you mentioned this gentleman today, and I was like, you know what? I need to ask Butch. So, you know, I don't talk about it much, but professionally I'm a documentary filmmaker. And I'm Great. currently working on a project in which a gentleman was wrongfully convicted and eventually freed uh, after 25 years of a wrongful conviction. He was freed by the uh, Innocence Project. Um, mm-hmm. The gentleman is from Philadelphia, and he spent the majority of his sentence at Greatersford Prison. Uh, mm-hmm. The thing about asking Butch is if we in contact with Bernard Hopkins, and I could potentially interview him mm-hmm. for this documentary, being a guy from Philadelphia who spent time at Greater for Prison. So I am publicly right. asking you for that favor, sir. I'll forward his, uh, his information to you uh, via text. I appreciate it. We're trying to do some good work, and I hope Bernard would be interested. So, Butch, I thank you uh, for that favor of of potentially reaching out to him for us. Really, thank you for that. It's been a great night. Love talking to fights with you. I also want to let everybody know that uh, I did get a hard copy of Bernard Fernandez's uh, new new book, and I've ordered uh, a couple for you guys, uh, so you'll have it. So. So we have Bernard and Russell, Bernard and Russell Pelts with uh, books out right right now. Right, great. Uh, Well, it's been a wonderful show. I want to thank you guys, Kaden, Ty, you Ty, Butch. I want to thank all my Fighting Words family. And these shows are definitely a memory of Bob, Coach Mellon, Dr. Chris. Anyone wants to hear any Fighting Words? Please do call. And just so everybody I know, we did have Mike uh, uh, Murdoch on the phone, uh, but there seemed to be some kind of a difficulty, and uh, they, well, I haven't been able to get him back. So uh, I don't know what happened there, but we will get him back on in uh, two weeks. So um, I hope everybody has a very happy, healthy uh, uh, Easter Sunday and uh, have some time to spend with your family. Please, when you think about it, think about the people that are working uh, on the day that you're off. Uh, those in the hospital, those in the front line, uh, COVID, the uh, police fire firefighters, as well as the wonderful people in the United States Armed Forces. They are the ones. Remember, freedom is not free, and they keep it they keep us free. So uh, we wanted to let everybody know that. Um, we wish everyone to say uh, good night and have a great holiday, and we'll see you soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate everything you do. Shemarek ma'yelama Shemahezahilma Sona shenevorat fed Hakuig again ma'yelama Thank you.
Oh, yes, be advised. 1999 is responding to his last emergency. May God rest his soul. <laughs> 